His coffee bad, on his yeah. on his uniform, and yeah. in the days of old television, it was not really that apparent. But when they were able to go back and scan the original thirty-five millimeter footage into high definition, and then now four K, it's really apparent that what he has day. stains on a lot of his. Yeah. Is, it, is it like uniforms. is it like um, Tom Cruise? larger tooth like once you see it you're like there's a coffee stain right there kind of sort of actually watching a lot of the uh, restored tos uh you see the just a little black on oh, uh, nimoy's tunic i can't i can't watch it then because i always funny. that stuff bothers me oh well like if i notice something like well dude it, it's not like it's not like you look at that and go oh this is a tv show you're kind of like wow spock's a dirty motherfucker <laughs> he's like li- live long and creamer yeah really you know <laughs> creamer i hardly even know her really? but uh yeah it's uh and teeth oh my god teeth you're talking about tom cruise's tooth yes man. you see once with, you see it you're just like when you see those right 70s there. and 60s teeth <laughs> especially if it's a coffee uh, and, and if, tobacco stain if it's a british television series that has been brought into 4k holy shit yeah yeah talk about teeth yikes man yeah, you know they have they have universal health care over there. What is with they must actually, not have dental actually, healthcare? No, it, it's a stereotype because yeah. actually I, I read an article. Somebody huh. looked at it and said, actually, I believe know. it or not, the British have the best teeth in Europe. <laughs> you have to go east. Eastern Europe is when everybody's teeth are just the right. hard the hard life. Yeah, oh. it's a hard so. knock life for them. You well, would it's, think it's you would think like uh, vodka really stains the teeth, does it? Well, there's there's all the probably a lot of the smoking. Yeah, well, and yeah, smoking and, and excessive amounts of alcohol do deteriorate the calcium. It'll in go. Your, it'll your go teeth. after yeah. the enamel. I'm sure. Yeah. yeah. So. Yep. Yeah. Fun stuff. Just the little health shock. Health shock to uh, start the uh, health shock. Health shock. Welcome, folks, to Health Shock number six hundred forty-three. <laughs> I am Master Torgo. Eighties Jeff. Commander K. Maple Leaf Matt. And we are to talk weekend geek. Yeah. There, there, there's no Barry Deb this week. Oh, they are they are no. languishing somewhere in California. Those poor kids. on the beach. I just got back from California on a beach. Actually, so did I. Ooh. You know, which beach did you a, go to? I didn't. I wasn't on a beach, but I did get just get back from California. Oh. That's where I was last. Yeah, week. I was in Mission Beach. It's it's amazing. It, Mission it's, Beach is very nice. So yeah. sad. You guys are so poor. You can only afford to go to California for your vacations. <laughs> it's terrible. <laughs> Listen, when it, did was, I ever it say was, I a, was poor. It was a, I know what sarcasm you're doing here, but I'm just saying, it was a four million dollar house that we rented. Wow. Wow. It was a family vacation. Wait, wait, so it wait, wasn't wait, just wait. me. Hold on. It wasn't was, just me. It was, was a family vacation. Was it Paulette's parents that rented it? No, we did too. Okay. You you chipped in? And and Paulette's brother and okay. sister in law and all that. Everybody. All right. I was just curious. Yeah, I have. Not. I tell you what, four million doesn't buy you much in Mission Beach. <laughs> no, it really doesn't. <laughs> no, like it was big, no. but I mean, like, I'm looking around. I'm like, really, this is four, four million. There you go, four million, California. You, you'd be yeah. amazed, like some of the houses in Malibu that you know they're they're relatively well upkept, but there's still these tiny little Malibu houses near the beach, and they're four five million dollars easy. Oh yeah, yeah. even if yeah, even if they're on like a tiny little like maybe half acre plot of land. Oh, if friend they, of mine. If they have beach access, it's it's still a couple million. Took me through a walk through Manhattan Beach. Mm. 
and those things are you know the um the old railway they call them railroad apartments and yeah. like in in like new york city and stuff where it's just a line of rooms and you know the hallway sort of just goes through them right yeah. a lot of those houses apartments there on the beachfront are, are pretty much like that except of course you know rich people so everything's white <laughs> painted white to make it you know open it up <laughs> yeah well you know what it's funny because they say open it up but i really think it's the old school you know, you have the white stuff when you're rich because if it gets dirty, you've got the money to get it cleaned or just plain get rid of it and That's get true. some new stuff, you know? And it's just, it, it's so high maintenance, you're showing off what you got. Because it, it's, uh, you know, or like those all white places in Hollywood. Oh, yeah. Just be their furniture, their carpeting, their everything, their yeah. curtains. Dr- drive the through Beverly Hills sometime. The, the amount of white on the storefronts is ridiculous. Not to mention the white on the streets. Well, yo. yeah, that too. <laughs> <laughs> so two things we know what happened there, and then we'll get to uh, what did you do? I know you're oh, chomping yeah, a bit yeah. over there. He's, yeah, he's just like... Yeah. He's, he's taking he's over to tell the you show. What to do now. Yeah, Todd. <laughs> uh, you know, actually, I think he's spot on. I have nothing to bring in except, hi, listeners, glad to have you, as well as especially <laughs> our Kofi listeners. Uh, so, gentlemen, I think we've already started what geeky things to do this week. Matt. Well... It wasn't exactly geeky. It was a, a beach vacation. But, I mean, two two things to note happened. So, Friday night we get or Thursday we get there. So, Friday night this happened. So, we're just sitting there by the beach seawall. So, you have the beach walk where everyone's running up and down. And everybody in California is so fit, I noticed. Mm. Even if they're unfit, they're still, like, kind of fit. Mm. And I'm, I'm looking at myself, looking at myself, looking at them. I'm like, I need to lose some weight. Mm. I need to lose the weight. Drive around Anaheim sometimes. Are they all fat there? Not all, but there's there's <laughs> there there's go. less of the quote unquote beach people that you're describing right yeah, now. Really. Yeah, the the, the 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 beach people go to the beach to, you know, make people like us feel bad. Yeah. Matt. So they show off yeah. the money like yeah. every you gotta get out of the four million dollar houses and get to the uh yeah. three million dollars. Yeah, um, yeah. That's where the, the other side of the tracks. Okay, the three yes. million dollar side. There you go. So these like fifteen of these like 14 to 17 year olds ride by on bikes and they all have masks on like um balaclavas just to cover their face and i'm like and they're all in black i'm like what the fuck is happening here oh shit so they all go running by and they start fighting with this like old guy who's like i say old like late 30s early 40s that's old wow that's super old to them old guy to them Mm -hmm. and they start shoving each other one of these kids grabs a knife and goes at the guy i was like what the fuck is happening here I've never seen that before. America, man. Mm. Dudes. Call mi- the cops. Mission, okay? Mission Beach. That They don't fuck around. Call the cops. Mm-hmm. Um, San Diego police goes, oh, yeah, we have uh, seven or eight phone calls already. Uh, yada, yada, yada. No officer. Nothing. Oh, Just okay. the guys with a the knife. They're fighting. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. And then Saturday morning. <laughs> okay, that was fun. That was day one. <laughs> I like that. That was day one. Saturday morning, huge fire. So some guy lost his four million dollar house. That was pretty. I was like, ooh, that's okay. It was insured for about six and a half million. Yeah, yeah so. probably. Yeah. yeah, had to recoup some of that film loss money. <laughs> he'll just have. To, <laughs> he'll that. just have to live in his other four houses. Yeah. Or, yeah. or or he's financing a new oh, oh, uh, yes. a new Corman joint or uh, you know something. Ah, uh, yeah, right. <laughs> I, I I still love it. Remember the. Uh, how many times were there fires at uh, Stupac World when they were building <laughs> oh, the uh, the stratosphere? Yeah, 
It, it, that, was, that was crazy. <laughs> it's it, it, you talking about here this roster? Yes, okay, man, it was so funny. It's like you'd read an article. Oh, Stupak entering some financial difficulties, financing a stratosphere project, blah, blah, blah. And then, you know, a few weeks later, oh, a fire at Stupak World. Oh, no. <laughs> wasn't, wasn't the rumor... It's a grease it, fire. Oh, oh. God, dude, it was funny. <laughs> wasn't the, the, the rumor around that supposed to be because he was trying to avoid using union labor, and so he, he believed that they were sabotaging him or something like I, that? Sabotage. I wouldn't be uh, the least bit surprised. Sounds like a Stupak joint. Right, yeah. Yeah, I mean, God, I don't know. I, I was, I, 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 pride of uh, Polish-American history uh, <laughs> there. Man. Yeah, because I, I remember the rumor was like when they were pouring the uh, the legs for the stratosphere, the concrete, yeah. mm. that they refused to use Teamster labor or something like that. And so like they were having difficulty getting the, the trucks of the concrete to come in because they know. had a shitload of concrete to pour Mm-hmm. To get that oops, that tower to go all the way, yeah, up. yeah, and you get there's a there's a timetable. You yeah. can't have that curing unevenly. Exactly. Shit. Yeah, and uh, I think at one point they were just like they they were they they were getting bags of flour or something. It was just it was really crazy. No, I'm kidding. But <laughs> <laughs> he's talking about Bob Stupak. I'm, I'm uh, not surprised by anything. Uh, <laughs> you know, you non Las Vegas people, Bob Stupak was a. Professional gambler become hotel financier creator who is just plain mad. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he had a space-themed hotel called Stupac World, yep. uh, which would later become the Stratosphere. His baby, a brainchild. Now, the Stratosphere is not what he wanted it to be. He originally wanted to have an animatronic giant ape that yep. would be on the side of it. Mm. Uh, Las Vegas said no. Yeah. Uh, this is also the same guy that across the street submitted plans for a Titanic hotel, mm. uh, which would be that. part of it was would be the uh, ship at an angle uh, going down, and the other part of the hotel would be a big iceberg that you could stay in. Yeah. So uh, Bob Stupak, a visionary. This is a man who who who. Th- Man, we could have got that, the ape, that, <laughs> the and ape. the Enterprise. Dude, I have. Down on Fremont Street? Come on, man. What were they thinking? I had the blown opportunities of Vegas. Oh. A friend of mine worked on the stratosphere, and he, he just came, he's like, Jesus Christ, they want an ape. They want an ape. Oh, my God. Yeah. And he just, it was like a nightmare. Because it, it's what he does is he does a lot of, you know it would be cool? He's like one of those movie producers or halfway through production. You know, it'd be cool. So they, they didn't start at the ground. They didn't start at draft with the ape. It was sort of like, hey, let's get an ape. Yeah. And, and they're like. Probably saw King Kong over the weekend. Oh, He's like, yeah. you know what? That right there. <laughs> oh, God. It's, it's what people crazy. love. Oh, man. It's crazy. So what else do you do, Matt? That's it. Uh, Jeff, I, I got do? this beautiful station from you just now for my Aww. birthday. It was amazing. Babylon Aww. 5 station that I wanted to kill you for. Oh, yeah. Okay. Tell, ever tell, since you found tell it. that story. Well, you found this station, which is not in production anymore. It's very rare. It's a model kit. Yeah, it's yes. a model kit that you have to paint, and there's decals on it. Lots of decals. Yes. The decals. decals. I heard you. No, the decals. Decals. Yeah. Deckles, goddammit. it! I, I, I'm, I'm following. Fegan, <laughs> quit sabotaging the English language. Okay, and uh, yeah, so you bought this at 
I don't know, one of the toy places in the city, and I've been trying to find it ever since. Yeah, we were, you, you we got were it for a bargain, though. Oh, like, yeah. It was, he, he, he was like, oh, whatever, just take it. And I'm like, whoa, <gasps> Yeah, but you don't react that way. You, you, you're you cool, calm, collected. Mm-hmm, yes. Matt, well, until he's exploding, Matt. But yes, but until yeah. that moment, he's, he, you keep your emotions at check. Yes. So oh. I'm like, well, he kind of wants it, but... Uh, but it turns out you him. really, really... I did. Yeah, really he wants. really, really wanted yes. it. Talk about a cock block. I had to tell Todd, I was like, he really wants that model badly. But you did a very good job paying this. I was, I was sworn to secrecy for years. He's like... Don't, it took him eight years. You folks. cannot. Eight years. You cannot tell Matt. He's like, once my skills get high enough, I'm going to paint that and I'm going to give it to him for his birthday. At wow. one point, I thought my skills were high enough, and I started it and I fucked it up. Oh, <laughs> and you're like, no, that would have been yeah, Babylon, that was, that was Babylon Four. 4? Yeah. yeah, damn yeah. it, <laughs> beat you. He felt really bad. He was going to have to start over. I'm like, oh. <laughs> if he doesn't know that it's coming, he's probably that, not going to be bothered by that's it. That's so appropriate. The first four Babylons failed. And then finally I realized, you know what, I've, I've been doing this for years now. I could probably get this done, and sure enough, I could get it done. But once our skills yeah. improved, Babylon 5 succeeded. Wasn't it Babylons 1 through 3 were sabotaged and destroyed, and then and 4, four disappeared, disappeared without a trace? In, yes. Oh, yeah. that's right. Yeah. Disappeared without a trace. Well, it came back later on. Oh, did yes. it? Yes. Hot yeah. damn. They, I didn't watch the whole thing, so I got kind of exhausted. Too hard to follow? Too many storylines? No, no, not that. I just... You are like... <sighs> the... Uh, too hard I, to handle. I hate. I hate the too cold to hold. No, I hate cracking on other artists and stuff. But the go ahead. The acting really didn't grab me. I'm really a uh, Babylon Five. Kind Andreas Katsoulis too. Like kind and, of and followed Londo? the Star like, Trek model of okay, the humans can't be too big because then you blow out the aliens, which I I personally think is bunk. I think that's stupid. But you get these. You get bland human characters. I just, I don't, I you know. Would, they, 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 I would agree with thing, you. Because I totally agree with, especially with Jakar yes. and, uh, and Londo. Londo. Those two steal the show. But yes, they're the Odo and Quark. Um, Sinclair, what we didn't know at the time, right. we talked about this. Right, right, right. Is he was battling a schizophrenia. Sure. So that sure. could have been a major issue. Oh, of course. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I was going to say, I would agree with you about bland human characters right up until they replaced him. Um, because when they brought in um, Boxleitner. Tron? Tron, yeah. Yeah. When they brought in Bruce Boxleitner, I felt like everybody that was a human character stepped their game up. Oh, yeah, they had to. The the yeah. the, the one human character I really liked was... Garibaldi. Oh, Franklin. Garibaldi was... Garibaldi was not so bad. He's kind of like pre-Ty of the modern BSG. You know, yeah. Garibaldi and the guy who played... High. Mr. Um, Garibaldi. Yeah, but I like the I like the Stephen doctor. Franklin. I did like yeah. yeah, I did like him. Doc Franklin. Yeah. He he <laughs> didn't he didn't escape the Babylon Five curse. He uh, died of a heart attack. Good lord! Ha- over half that cast is dead now. Yeah, that's crazy. Wow. Just by health risks, health, yeah. accidents, everything. Yeah. It's like they open up King Tut's tomb or something. <laughs> well, you have to you you know we just when you start doing a movie like that you got to eat like Todd and be safe. Yeah. You know, don't take those risks. Exactly. Unnecessary no. risks. Watch everything that goes in your mouth. <laughs> okay. Well, basically, you're living what's going in my mouth every every chance you get. 
Speaking of, it's time for what's going on in my mouth. Oh, oh look at okay. that. Oh. oh, you wait until those two are gone. This is compliments of Mrs. Torgo. I thought oh. I was going to say, I thought we were well, still in what geeky we things are, we did. We are, but I had oh. to take that moment because there's yes. no better segue than what oh. just Compliments of Thank Mrs. You. Torgo is did. not reassuring. Thank you. Go ahead and read oh, that ooh. a box. I, you can't read half of it. Uh, the elegant taste of sake. I'm gonna like this. I can already tell you. Just Kit Kat wrapped in the gentle sweetness of white chocolate. Oh, Enjoy yeah. the rich, satisfying flavor of sake. It's sake uh, flavored Kit Kat. That's yeah. what it is. Well, yeah. it's because they they put these really light lettering on a red background. It was hard to read there for a second. You're yeah. right. I I just wanted you to see the sake and Kit Kat. But you go. You'd be you, Jeff. <laughs> you 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 get. I thought he was at work Kit for Kat. a moment. He's yeah. describing what the special is. J- Japanese <laughs> Kit Kat is. I don't work in a Japanese restaurant. I know, I know that. It is I'm just saying, like just... you're describing the special of the night. Oh, no, I dropped it. <laughs> oh, Mine's Bar- also Bartimaeus Bar- flavor. Barty, Barty uh, walked off with it. He's going to get shit faced off. So of sake. yes, uh, Mrs. Toro got us some uh, sake Kit Kat from Japan. Very nice. And uh, I have to say, I'm super intrigued because I know there's there's so many flavors out there, especially in Japan. Hold on, before okay. before I break one off, we gotta. Yeah, we got to uh, clink Kit Kats. Clink? It, I don't, can they be clinked? Wow! Is that, is that something that can? I I, I stumbled across that hit that I website to, once. I hate to be the wet blanket, but I've got my Invisalign. Oh in, fucking and hell! Just, always with the Invisalign. Jesus I'm supposed to wear it 20 hours a day. Okay, it's, sorry. It just it, it's and it's a fine. it's a chore to take it out. So you're, I'm going to try to taste it a little. You're excused. Oh God! Get ready for I those wet no, smacking noises. Anything. Those will be Jeff. Tonguing is Kit Kat. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, you like that, don't you? Oh, as much as Jeff it, loves white chocolate. Because yeah, this is white chocolate white, covered, white obviously. Dirty, it's it, it's dirty truly kid, white chocolate. White chocolate is not chocolate. It, uh, ooh, you can smell it. You smell it. You can uh, ooh, you you get s- that, that yeah. take your word alcohol for it, sure. with. No, no. <laughs> oh, no? no? Post-COVID, what? no smell? No, I've never there's had a There's a smell. hint of sake in there. Oh. oh, is that a Canadian thing? No, it's just me. <laughs> All right. All right, here we go. This is a sake Kit Kat. Isn't that fascinating? Hmm. I like that. Some Geek Shock ASMR for you, folks. Yeah, absolutely. This is a... Try that later. I love this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's pretty good. It uh, it tastes like there's alcohol in it. It tastes like sake with, with some white chocolate added. I feel like I'm at my old favorite... Uh, Sock, uh, sushi place where the, the chef used to just every like half hour go sake bomb and line up if you were sitting at the bar line up the sake bombs mm. I miss that place I was really Very sad tasty. when I like that guy shut down yeah thank you Mrs. Torgo this was yeah. fantastic mm-hmm. thank you and you know what I, I this is a high Torgo recommendation if you get your hands on some sake Kit Kat do so nice mm-hmm. so That's very good Jeff yes I know you. You've got, you've got plenty to talk about. I the, do. the floor is yours. All right. Uh, oh, you went to Disneyland. So <laughs> I did go to Disneyland last week. Oh yeah, Disneyland. Um, sorry, Disneyland, <laughs> Disney's California Adventure. I uh, got to spend time in Galaxy's Edge. So you know, that's kind of become my new favorite place because um, I really do like Disneyland. I do like Disney's California Adventure, but just when you walk in. To, to Galaxy's Edge. It's it literally is like you're on another planet. It's so much fun. Sorry uh, to interrupt. Yes. But I find I I have done that, Galaxy's Edge. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I find there's what two or three rides, if that. So there's there's, the, there's two major rides. There's Rise of the Resistance, and then there's the, uh, the Millennium Falcon. Falcon Smuggler's Run. Then you have your droid building mm-hmm. and your lightsaber building, and yep. the rest is just stores and a restaurant. Yeah, but it's all themed, and then you have walk around characters too. Uh, sadly, I did not get to see uh, Boba Fett and Fennec Shan when I was there. Uh, I don't know if they were just we did cross paths the day that I was there, or or what. Because we did go, so it's official. They are out and about now. Supposed to be, yeah. Okay. They, there's pe- there's people that took pictures of them, which is why we were looking for them. My my buddy Darren and I, which you know, friend of the show, Darren. Uh, he's uh, he's actually going back. I think next week, something like that. But he, he he's has, going back for the big. Thing. Yeah, he's he's. Well, we'll probably have yeah. him on the show. He's going to stay in the hotel, the yeah. Star Wars hotel. He's, he's going. He's doing Galactic Star Cruiser. Yeah, yeah, he's he's really looking forward to it. That's his birthday present. That's so, a hell of a birthday present. Yeah. Uh, so it doesn't meet my Babylon Five station. Sorry. No way near it. But um, <laughs> yeah, we had a blast. I mean, we got to uh, you know hit both parks, uh, have a good time. What we got was to see the, what, the electrical what, pro, uh, the return of the electrical parade? What really cool. about uh, Star Wars Land uh, was your favorite part this time? Um, being able to actually get on Rise of the Resistance again. The, the last time we went, we weren't able to get on because um, they were still doing the virtual queue, but now they've got standby lines, and then they've also got the lightning lane that you can purchase. Okay. I, I have a question going Certainly. forward then. You, Jeff. Yes. You don't like rides with drops. Typically, yes. Roller coasters, definitely not drop towers. Yeah. This, one ha- this ride has a drop. This So... The end of the ride is which ride? Um, which ride? Uh, the rise of the resistance. Okay, okay, thank you. The if you look, it, you can actually find the video on how the ride works on YouTube. But the very end of the ride, the um, the little transport that you're in goes into an escape pod, locks in, and then they drop you. It's a it's a partial drop tower, so it, it drops. It doesn't drop you very far, so it didn't bother me that much. Um, but yeah, it drops you and then it rises you up and down to simulate, you know, the, your escape pod getting out of, mm-hmm. um, this, uh, you know, uh, star cruiser that you're, that you're trapped on. So, but, uh, it's, it's such a fun, it's a fun experience because it is such an involved ride. You have the trackless ride system, you have the 3d projected, um, instances that you're driving around and you have animatronics um one of the interesting things is when you're getting shot at like the walls actually take damage and it's i don't know if it's projected on or oh actually i do know in fact i'm sorry i just forgot about this they have little pull away panels that pulls from behind so it's almost seamless when you're you're because like there's a couple times where your transport is right up next to these walls and you don't see the lines, but when the um, when the sequence is going off and the the blaster hits hit the wall, it pulls these panels back, and you st- you see the uh, you see it glow briefly as the you know blaster shot hits it, but there's a, now a hole in the wall. So it's really really fascinating because it's it's a combination of several different rides. It's the trackless ride. It's um, and then we get the drop the tower puts it through the ceiling, tries to cut a hole or whatever. Yeah, there's there's one point yeah. where you're in a you're in a lift, and uh, Kylo Ren jumps down on top, and he's 
sticks his lightsaber through and he's trying to cut a hole in the ceiling and you actually do see the lightsaber come down and start to cut a hole in the ceiling so it's it's just a it, it's one of those rides and and it's interesting um i was just watching a wendover productions did a thing on on why galaxy's edge is so different hmm. and they said it um part of the thing is it's an experience and rise of the resistance is one of those rides that People can describe it 10 different ways, and it still doesn't tell their friends what the ride is really like until mm. you get on it. And that's what Disney banked on when they built this thing, hmm. is because it defies description in such a way that you're going to be able to describe 100% what it is like to get on this thing. Because mm. Getting on it and experiencing the second time I was on it, I'm still like looking around, going, I still can't figure out how they do half of these things. Mm -hmm. And I've seen the now the behind the scenes videos. I know how they do some of this. Mm -hmm. I, the rest I still can't figure out. Mm. So it's you know, we caught it at a right time. It was uh, it was just under sixty minutes. I think it was fifty five minutes standby time um, at the time of day that we were on there. And so we got in line and we got right in. I think we were like right at 55 minutes when we got on the actual ride. So uh, if you get a chance to check it out, definitely do uh, Rise of the Resistance. Um, what everybody wants to know, did you get a Ronto wrap? I, we were going to, and then um, I had to go pick up some so stuff <laughs> on the way out for people. So uh, we weren't able to make it back um, toward, uh, towards Galaxy's Edge to get the Ronto wrap before we left. Because we had to catch the shuttle to, back to our hotel, so I wasn't carrying thirty pounds of collectibles for people through the through oh, the did someone give you a shopping through list? the streets of Anaheim. Oh yeah, I got a shopping list. I always do, and you know it's fine. If if I can do it, I'll do it. But uh, there I, there were certain things that I picked up for people that I wasn't anticipating being as big and heavy as they actually were. I might th throw some of those pictures up there. So, uh, yeah, Galaxy's Edge was the main thing I did. However, I did drive back, which would have been in time for the podcast last Wednesday, except uh, Torgo had his, uh, his angiogram, so I didn't feel as bad because the main reason I was going to miss the show last week was because I was at, I'm sure to get the written name right here, the, return, the unfortunate return of the ridiculously self-indulgent, indulgent, indulgent. ill-advised vanity tour that is the the weird owl um tour that he is doing right now mm. now the reason for this name is because he's not doing all of his typical parody hits he's doing his what he used to call style parodies which are original songs written in the style of another act or sometimes it's a blues song but just with his ridiculously silly lyrics but that's not all the b-sides Yes, exactly. But that's not all. Not only did I get to go to the concert, I got to do the VIP meet and greet. Oh. So I finally got to briefly meet Weird Al, get my picture taken with him, get a, uh, a poster signed, and these posters were only given out to the VIP meet and greets. So this is a collectible that's not available unless you did the meet and greet at one of his concerts. So Wow. It was, uh, it was a full day. Because that was including uh, yeah. the drive. Yeah, that that was Disneyland yeah. and Weird Al. Yeah, because we, we were going from L.A. to Vegas. We were going to go to Disney that morning and then drive back, but then we were like, no, we don't have time. So 
because uh, Darren had a doctor's appointment he forgot about. So we're we're driving back. And he's like, uh, appointment's at 2. And I'm like, we're not going to be back till like 2.30. Oh, I'll be fine. So I'm like, okay. Um, we did get back around 2.30. So. So yeah, that's the geeky things that I did. So I'll try to post a, my my picture with Weird Al up on the on the lair so you guys can see it. Damn man, guys and ladies, that's a that's a hell of a couple of days. Yeah, it really was. I wish you could have gone with me. That would have been. I would have loved to. It would have been nice, but you were you were on mandatory rest. Yes, and then, and my heart's good. Well. Well, they the still plumbing to, is good. Yeah, they still have to check the electrical. That's true. Yeah. Um, didn't do much this week, but I do have to point something out. Something weird that that I don't like this. I, I don't like proof, cosmic proof, that Barry and I are truly a yin-yang attachment. Uh-oh. But a few days ago... I made the decision, uh, without telling anybody but my wife, to start regrowing my beard. And the day after, <laughs> the day after I made that decision and and started shaving accordingly, Barry cuts off his beard. It's freaky. It shouldn't happen like that. I don't even know when he did it because I didn't see him before they left for California. And he posts a picture this afternoon, and I see the timestamp is like 20 minutes prior to That's because you this. need to go on the he Discord, because apparently in Discord, he did it like in real time. He oh. posted pictures like you know, a picture of the razor, pre-face, and then post-face. And at that point, I'd already made the decision and started. It scares me. I don't like it. I don't like you, Barry, first of all. That's a given. Deb, you cool. Kirsten went to do this week. I uh, I started growing my beard. God so damn it! You guys can see. No oh, doubt. so it's a it's a trifecta. You you, yeah. you talked about that on the podcast one time what, what about is the no. fact that you can't grow one. Yeah, I can't. Yeah. I can't. I even I even proved it to you, Jeff, by going a whole week without shaving I, and I showing remember. up, and you were like, "Wow, you really can't grow a beard." <laughs> I can't. I remember. I got nothing because what little I have, most of it is pale anyway. And and so you know what little I get, you can't even see. So it's so if there would be three of us in that, that would be uh, yin yang yog. I don't know. Mm. I'm probably I'm probably the uh, the the what what yang the y- young not young. I was going for something Lovecraftian, but sure, sure young. I like that. Yeah. Um, I didn't do much because I was wrapping up my gig, making the world safe for democracy. You so. you've been working hard. It making was, friends. It was an incredibly intense, uh, intense two weeks working the elections. Eye opening or no? I'm sorry. Eye opening or no? Oh uh, yeah, no. It 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 really really is funny. Um, the you you work one of these and the Republican, well not Republican, the right wing uh, fraud paranoids are they look sillier and sillier. And uh, we had people coming in uh, trying to, uh, you know, prove or get evidence that things were shifty. Um, <laughs> there was a police presence at the warehouse where everything goes at night when we, when we collect up the flash drives from the computer consoles for the voting machines and our paperwork because people had been getting followed from their election sites 
to the warehouse because you know they want to know where are they taking this stuff where is it going and what are they doing and so it gets it it got kind of freaky weird that way but um you learn i mean there's i had more paperwork than i've ever experienced even when i was working as a lead at star trek corporate hr has no has nothing on uh the paperwork we got to deal with with uh the elections and uh we had a transfer case where we do a count and we put in the flash drives they have we have like over a dozen different types of zip tie seals so you close something up and you put the zip tie through and then you document the number and that has to be delivered to the warehouse with those numbers on that seal and the the transfer case was really funny because you have the transfer case with the flash drives it's like a nuclear football like some Al- guy with- almost dude because we got the transfer case you put the flash drives in the uh home and then we write the numbers of the seals that we will use sign put the paper the certif- certificate in the case lock the case and then seal it so if the seals are broken in any way um the paper inside is not going to reflect that Plus, two of us have to stay with that case at all times. They can never be in the hands of just one person when we go up to the warehouse. And we're not supposed to make any stops on the way to the warehouse to deliver the case and stuff like that. And very, a whole bunch of stuff. But um, thank God we had the break in the heat. Because Friday was our last day of early voting, and it got up over, over close to 108, 109. Oh, yeah. And this, this is a tent on a asphalt parking lot so Ooh. you know that was even hotter and the the uh, ac for the tent just couldn't keep up i mean it was just turning it never shut down it just kept running all day but we got pretty hot and people were getting a little faint in there it was kind of crazy so i was really glad when the forecast for election day which was going to be um four out eh, three hours longer I was really glad when when the forecast came in that it was cooler, and it was. We it was actually cold inside the tent, and everybody liked that. <laughs> so it's also good for the computers, oh. dude. When we uh, break the seals to remove the flash drives at the end of the night to take them back to headquarters, those flash drives could actually be painfully hot to the touch. They were they were the computers were running so damn hot. Wow. It, it, was, it was literally like, ow, 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 putting in the case, ow, 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 you know. You're not blistering, but it was painfully hot to hold. It was wow. crazy how hot things got. So, system was... Uh, I think it's fault, right? <laughs> uh, you know, it's uh, it was interesting. It was very interesting to experience. Everybody was very nice. We had, I can count on one hand, the really obnoxious assholes we got. Okay. That's um, good. One of the the very of course of course seven thirty five because we close the polls at seven but everyone who's online votes and the last voter in comes in and just gets pissed off because she claims that the names on her ballot are different from the ballot she had at home and it's a closed primary right Vegas is uh, Nevada is a closed primary. Makes so, no sense. So in your primaries, that means that you can primary vote for any nonpartisan offices and candidates, and you can primary vote in your registered party, which essentially means 
uh, Democrats Democrat choose Republican. Democrats and Republicans choose Republicans. Exactly. And independents don't get that. Exactly. No, there's, you know, it, it, the libertarian primary ballot is not extensive. <laughs> <laughs> and usually there's nobody primarying. It's just one person going up anyway. It's always Gary so, Johnson. Every state. Yeah, really. <laughs> so um, this, this person's looking and she, it's right there on her screen, Republican primary ballot. And she's just, I don't recognize any of these names. What is this? Well, those are the those are the candidates. I don't recognize any of these names. I came in here, and these none of these people I recognize. Trump is not on here anywhere. Yeah, and it was funny because I actually got a sample ballot opened up to the Republican page and said, "See, look, these this." I didn't get that. I got the the mail in ballot, and none of these names here are the same as the mail in ballot. And she argued with all of us over and over, and was rather dismissive too. At one point, she told my so well, she's already made up her mind. Yeah, uh, she told my uh, associate, uh, okay, go away, you know, when she was done talking to him. And she kept us there. She kept us waiting like a good 15, 20 minutes after everyone else had left, and it was just her. And uh, she just griped and then put in her votes and shot. And it was really funny, too, because it's like, you go home and look at it, you're going you're gonna to see the same names. But she probably destroyed it. One of our one of our questions when we're checking people in is, did you bring your mail-in ballot with you? Because here in Nevada now, everybody gets a mail-in ballot, and uh, we'd get some people like, "Oh hell no, I destroyed that. That's not going to get used." And we have an actual <laughs> sign affirmation: you click and you sign, and that's your testimony. I won't use the ballot. The ballot I'm doing here is what counts. So if it shows up, so do the police. Exactly. So, um, and it was really funny because a lot of people would get, you know, rah, 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 and uh, it was just like, oh, calm down. Every other democracy on the planet uses mail-in ballots. There was a guy oh from Seattle who had moved oh from Seattle. Oh, my God. And he said, this is the first time I've ever used a machine. I, I did all my mail-in voting in Seattle. And he also said that it was really funny because we described our sample ballot and he said oh i got that man that is that is nothing because in seattle we get a pamphlet that talks about every candidate in detail you know and and he's like i tried looking up some of these candidates here yeah canada is the same thing it's like a it's like yeah. oh encyclopedia of yeah voter yeah, like, yeah exactly of all the candidates okay mm-hmm. and um, and and uh here man you get so many you don't you don't get pictures of people. You'll get information not available on like the, uh, I think it's a voter ID site or something. There's some site that actually talks about candidates and you have to go to like the Review Journal or the Sun. They do nice little breakdowns of everybody, but you got to go there and you got to dig. Yes, you do. It is not easily available. It's and nonsense. we had some crazy on the ballot this yeah. time around, especially mm-hmm. on the nonpartisan offices. Yeah, and well, a lot of them won. I can't... Oh. Whatever. Yeah, so it's it it you know, and it's a it's a learning experience. You know, I see that, and I'm just like, oh man, you know, it, it, you you understand things a little better. So, and at the same time, you just sit there and you're like, God, the paranoids, they're just hilarious because there is a huge warehouse. It's huge. It's monstrous. Uh, racks upon racks of machinery and equipment and things like that, and then tons of boxes. Where next to the spaceship. Right? Yeah, yeah. yeah, next to, and we bring in the provisional ballots and oh. the uh, the mail-ins that were surrendered for destruction, and we bring in all sorts of stuff like that. But we have individual. It's really funny. It's almost like a Tom Clancy CIA thing. We have four colored 
folders that have listed on them the paperwork that needs to be included. So there's a folder for someone who has to update their signature in the voting file. Um, there's a fold, you know, that will be included, remove from a list where people who are no longer in, in town are still, people are still getting their, their election stuff or deceased voter rolls and stuff like that. As well as we have to report every incident. We have to report if a voter flees. Someone starts voting and then just up and leaves. That's, that has to be documented. Oh, wow. Every single kerfluffle with the equipment needs to be documented. Of course. And holy shit balls. Lots of kerfluffle. Oh, my God. Uh, I, that equipment did not. That was a left heat. hacking in. Yeah. Yeah. No, sorry. That was Antifa hacking in. Yeah, there it is. Yeah. Trying to make sure all yeah. those communists. Was it the German, those uh, servers in the Ukraine? Yeah. Would you say a majority of the malfunctions were equipment related or user related? Um, I, I, you're actually kind of split because um, yeah. a lot of it, uh, every single vote, of course, gets documented on a printer. Right. That is for the printer audit. Um, and printer jams mm. happen. And when a printer jam happens, the vote is null and void, and they have to go through the check-in process again. And it's like, oh, Jesus Christ. And those printers, those motherfuckers, it was just like, this is, this is annoying shit. And, um, but we also stressed so much, don't pull your card. Because you check in, you get a, a tagged card, an electronically tagged card that you will insert into the voting machine and it kicks it off and you you know you do your touch screen selections print for review and then cast ballot and boom your vote is in and it is registered that you have voted but if you pull that card out before you get your big green check mark saying you are done congrats it'll fuck up everything Oh. And we did get that a few times because it can be confusing at first. It's intimidating. And there'll be people like, oh. That's the idea. You know. I thought those machines locked those cards in. Were people just forcing them out? Or no, they... no, no. They don't lock them in. Oh, really? They slide in and out. Yeah. Oh, you, can, okay. you can whip it out. Uh, whip it. You whip can it if you really. want to, but I wouldn't recommend it. Yeah. So, so it's crazy. <laughs> and so then you put your dick in the voting machine? Guys, guys, let me tell you something. Did I tell you last week about the heartbreaker? The heartbreaker. This old guy came in. I wasn't here last week, so go ahead. This old guy came in, and he's just like, oh, yeah, I I need to change my parley affiliation. And, you know, it's like, okay, we take you through that, because on the primaries, you can same-day change, so you can primary in another party. And and we had some issues that we had to straighten out on his uh, file to get him in, and then we got him in, and then we moved him over, and he's like, can I get a little bit of help? Because my eyes, I, uh, I can see... It's, uh, I can see it like to drive, but like faces, I can, it, it gets more difficult for me. And it's like, okay, if you need help reading or anything, and I ended up helping him. We embiggened the screen, and uh, I was reading off things that he couldn't read for him. That in my capacity as assistant team leader, I could do that. And he's just like, yeah, I want to change from Republican to Democrat because. Things are just so damn scary right now. I don't know. And I don't know. This might be my last election. This might be the last time I vote. And I just got to, you know, I got to do something because, and he's just, and it was, it was funny. He's like, I'm pretty much going to be going to a home soon. And I don't know what's going to be happening. And, and I just want to, I just, I just got to, 
I, I gotta I gotta do something and that yeah. was just like that was just like almost like oh god I want right. to cry now and then another guy in an electronic wheelchair can barely move I had to help him because he couldn't lean forward far enough to touch his touch screen at the ADA cubicle oh wow so I helped him on some he could touch some of the screens and he's running so and then he's doing stuff like I don't know who any of these people are and I'm like yeah, I can't say anything right. actually uh, legally. So, so you just got to go. And he's like, mm, "I like the name Jake." Boop, and he hits. <laughs> so true. <laughs> you know, uh, and it's and, not like there's a circle for none of the above. On uh, a uh, lot uh, of them, we yeah. we do have a we do have a lot of none of these candidates. So, okay. but at the same time, he's like, "I want to choose somebody." This poor guy. He's like, "Yeah, he was really old." Uh, he smelled of full to capacity adult diaper. Let's call it that way. And he's just like palsied everywhere in his one hand. He can stick out a finger and just go a couple feet. But he like grabs and as we're circling out, he's like, it was so hard coming down. I had to come down though. You know, my philosophy is you can't gripe if you don't vote. You know, sure. And all, that. all these old people coming in, dude. Well, that's who votes on their fucking walkers and their canes. It's like can young, you pe- young people could take over this country, yeah, if they just some of them showed yeah. up. Well, it was it. it I mean, you I know, know, I'd be like, uh, what's a? Uh, can you confirm your birthday? Oh, January twenty ninth, nineteen thirty. I'm Yikes. like, holy <laughs> shit, woman. God bless you. You know, that I had like, I think personally i checked in like three people in their 90s there were some kids in we actually have a tradition let me guess all republican (laughs) um no but we did have some kids come in and we actually had a tradition when you know we find out they're new it's like first time voter you shout it out and everyone goes woohoo and claps and everything so the kid's like that's the last time i ever vote this is fucking embarrassing actually a couple a couple of them are like wow i really didn't need that you know (laughs) but um yeah there were birthday at chili's or something there were kids coming in uh in my training we had a couple kids we had kids training for my position so there are some young people getting involved which is good to see and uh, a huge number of the people were younger than me in the warehouse and stuff like that so and i think I think it would be really good if people were to get involved. Um, there's kind of a strange myth that this is all volunteer for free. It's not. I was paid. I was paid nicely. I got a couple months of bills out of this two weeks. So that's nice. If I uh, ask for, you know, if I do another GoFundMe in, in about a month, uh, something terrible happened because I'm, I'm actually okay for a bit. But it was, uh, it is paid. It is a job. It's a hell of a job because you're you're working like twelve hour days, but I think it's a very valuable insight and a real interesting time if you can get to do it to participate in some polling. I would recommend that for anybody. I find I, just what you've told me fascinating. Yeah, it is. It is. You get an ins get insight into the system, see how it works. Everybody is committed. Everybody who's working it wants it to work. They want everyone to get their legally entitled voice heard, um, you know, and um, it um, it was it was actually a pretty good experience in that regard. So, 
so even though my uh, my my boss thinks I'm too harsh and too lenient at the same time, so there you yes, go. Indeed. But, but anyway, uh, so yeah, it was it was an interesting time. I didn't get to do a damn geeky thing. No, you've been working hard. When I had I had Saturday, Sunday, Monday off, and Saturday and Sunday I was dead. I actually just I took my muscle relaxers at the prescribed every six hours, and I was a zombie and. And then Monday, he went, he went from working hard to hardly working. Yes, yeah. <laughs> and then the Tuesday, that stupid breakdown just broke me. And so uh, today, I've just been feeling like I've just been loogie headed, and ah. I I could barely get over here to feed the cat, much ah. less uh, talk to Jeff before you guys arrived. But I did do it, and it's done. So trying to get something stirred up for. Um, Geek Shock D and D finally, we'll uh, we'll get something rolling, guys. I'm terribly sorry that we've had the delay, and we'll get uh, we'll get on that again. And and so yeah, it was an interesting time. I don't know if I'm going to do the regular elections come November, though. I imagine those are even more interesting times, oh, yeah. oh, according the, to the Chinese proverb. Dude, they were telling me they were telling me how the ones who worked 2020, they were telling me how crazy it got. Because uh, this was a cakewalk compared to that, not so. Yeah, I'll bet. Yeah. All right, we know that we got some news to get to, so let's do some news you don't give a shit about. Yeah. Why? Yay! Fuck you, man. Yeah. Hey. Oh. News you don't give a shit about. Lady Gaga is in early talks to star opposite Joaquin Phoenix in director Todd Phillips' sequel to The Joker. The 2019 Oscar-winning $1 billion Warner Brothers hit based on the DC character. Uh, last week, Phillips revealed on social media the title of the new project, a Joker, Folie Adieu. The title referencing a medical term for an identical or similar mental disorder that affects two or more individuals, usually members of the same family. Uh, Joker is known for his uh, on-off abusive relationship with Harley Quinn, his psychiatrist who falls in love with him and becomes his sidekick and partner in crime. Sources say the uh, sequel is also a musical. Uh, Joker ended its theatrical run as uh, the number four highest grossing R-rated movie of all time. It then earned 11 Oscar nominations, including Best Picture and one Best Actor and Best Score. Um, I actually kind of dig this news overall. Really? I like musicals. I like musicals too, but I just the whole... I don't know. That that first movie was such a surprise at how good it was, considering that it's veered so far from the source material. It was kind of an Elseworlds kind of story. Sure, I imagine this is much more of the same. So unless they're playing it up that this is further him going further into his psychosis and you know, maybe not everything's real or something, I don't know how they're gonna turn this into a musical, but hey, I suppose it's possible. <laughs> I wonder if musicals are overblown. I, I wonder if there's like a musical number in it. Possibly. And that's getting the... Because supposedly they're doing a musical number in The Boys this coming Friday. The next episode of The Boys is God supposed to be almighty. like a musical. The, the, they the, all, every show needs a musical episode. The Torgo sure. infection of Hollywood. It's like this You're fucking welcome. herpes that just jumps from writer's room to writer's room. Ugh. And I approve. God. Well, how you feel about it, Matt? You love Joker. Yeah, I'm, I'm fine with it. They had to do something different, so I see why they're doing a musical. You can't just go back to, right. like, as you say, Elseworld Joker. 
Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah I, I think the obvious tact is going to be she is the psychiatrist treating him, and then we'll probably see her transformation yes, into uh, wackiness. Has Joaquin ever sung really in any of his movies? Like, is yeah. there, does he have a singing voice? Oh, well, does it? I, matter? I feel like I should know that, and I don't. You don't. You don't know. That's why. No. That's why this infection is dangerous. Because you don't know. Everything should be a musical. Oh, God, he's come so far since Space Camp. Top Gun the musical. <laughs> Hell Joaquin yeah. Phoenix. Yeah. yeah. Top Gun the musical. I like that. That was his very first acting role. That's right. I thought you were talking about me at first, but no. you know, go ahead. Joaquin, <laughs> no. Joaquin Phoenix is in the movie Space Camp, which was... Uh, oh, I thought you were referring to Todd when you said that. Well, of course, because why else would he bring it up? <laughs> yeah, so it's, did it's I. funny because Leah Thompson. Todd's come so far since Space Camp. <laughs> I was watching some interview with Leah Thompson talking about that. She's like, I went from in the same year, Back to the Future, one of the best movies of the year, to Howard the Duck. And then I went to Space Camp the following year. Oh, <laughs> poor, so, poor. Woman. So she had these ups and downs. And it's, you know. The performances in Space Camp aren't bad, and it's a good lineup of actors and actresses, but it's just kind of a hokey story, mm. especially bit. looking back at it as an adult going, mm. wow, that was pretty awful. The best parts are the parts that are at Space Camp. Yeah, that's it's definitely true. Because <laughs> everything, everything after that, especially them getting launched into space, mm. is not even remotely possible. Right. So, right. anyway... Weekend Geek! Woohoo! Aww. Yay! The, uh, the votes are in. That's right. <laughs> Neil Patrick Harris, uh, I, I wrote down How I Met Your Mother in a series of unfortunate events, is joining Doctor Who for the show's 60th anniversary celebration plan, plan, uh, celebration plans in 2023. Showrunner Russell T. Davies described Harris's mystery character as, quote, the greatest enemy the Doctor has ever faced. Ooh. I hope it's Dr. Horrible. Davies, speaking of musicals, uh, who helped revive the Dr. Who property back in the mid-2000s, hasn't been part of the show for over a decade now. Uh, Harris is just one part of the 60th anniversary blowout, which is also set to include David Tennant and Catherine Tate as the 10th Doctor and companion Donna Noble, respectively. Uh, last month, in Gatwa landed the role of 14th Regeneration of the Doctor. Mm. Uh, Jodie Whittaker will wrap up her tenure later this year in a third and final special. Uh, little is known about season 14 other than the fact that, the, uh, that Yasmin Finney is set to p- play a supporting character named Rose, and those who know the show knows that's a, a significant name. Mm. By any other name. Hey. So, uh, yeah, I'm... Bring me some Doctor Horrible in my Doctor Who. Oh, I think he's right. going to be the analyst from Matrix. Oh, that'd be neat. NPH. Especially no. if he sings. There you go. A Doctor Who musical. I mean, David Tennant <laughs> obviously has got the choppers. Oh, he's, he's got an incredible voice. And Catherine Tate, whether or not she has it, she'll sell it. Yeah. There you go. It's For her, it's all about the attitude. Oh, yeah. But yeah, uh, Tennant... Oh man, he's he's done some amazing stage performances. Um, you can find some of them on YouTube if you want. Just type in David Tennant musical, and you'll see just some of the things he's done. Not to mention, you know, just straight up musical performances. Yeah, he's a uh, he's so talented across the board. Yeah, just just so talented. Justin Lin is set to direct a live-action adaptation of the hit manga and anime series One Punch Man for Sony Pictures. Uh, 
Uh, One Punch Man was created by Japanese artist One, and it tells a story of Satama, a superhero who can defeat any opponent with a single punch, but seeks to find a worthy opponent after growing bored by a lack of challenges in his fight against evil. Screenwriters Scott Rosenberg and Jeff Pinkner, who worked on Jumanji The Next Level and Venom, are set to write the film. Avi Arad and Ari Arad of Arad Productions are producing the film. Uh, Sony's plan is to have the project ready to start production by the end of the year. Um, don't know a lot about One Punch Man. Uh, haven't watched a lot of anime in my last 10 years. Uh, I, I know its name. I know its premise. So it's, mm. it's something that's punched through the zeitgeist. If you will. <laughs> Todd's, get, Todd's getting punchy. Maybe Todd is the enemy he's looking for. Hmm. <laughs> I could take one punch and that's it from just about anybody, yeah. frankly. Oh, he, <laughs> just, he just really I wants go down to like punch a glass tiger. That's our p- one punch, man. One punch and we're, man, we're done. <laughs> so are you saying that if you and Vlarg hit each other, it, you'd just both be down? Oh, on we'd the floor? be shattered That'd glass. That'd be awesome. Both of us. That'd be awesome. True, just, just a, a yeah. pile of broken. They're rolling around. Just, ah. I watched it. Why um, is your face so hard? Why is your fist so <laughs> soft? Whoa. Well, soft fist, baby. You don't want to. They call me soft fist. <laughs> <laughs> at, the, at the rest stops anyway. Um, yeah, I watched it. It, it. It's funny. It is funny. So his whole process of just how he decided to do it. And it's just like a mess of push-ups and shit and... It, it it it's a funny little parody and he does he just gets colossally bored because he he does have the one punch and that's all he needs and uh i i remember watching because it was a, a paul recommendation and i just okay. remember watching it going all right where's this gonna go and i was actually <laughs> amused by it okay and it's got the anime uh uh you know tradition of a supporting cast of characters who are a little interesting you know, they're not just sidekicks there to make the uh, main character look good. And there's one guy who's just constantly pestering him because he wants to better himself. And he's like, you, you have to teach me. And he's like, I don't want a student. Everything I'm about is not wanting a student. I, I'm one punch man. I just, I just want one punch and done. And you can't do the commitment. You need the commitment, you know. And it was, it's just, so it's funny. It's very funny. Well, it'll be interesting to see how this goes. Sure. Writers of Ventum, Ventum, Venom, uh, Arvi, uh, Ar- Aviarad and Ariarad, uh, mm. yeah, kind of mm. kind of mixed bag with them. Yeah. yeah, I mean, known for Iron Man, but also known for Iron Man too. Yeah. So that they were also weren't they also involved with Raimi's Spider Man? I mean, basically yes. they were they were the Feige before the Feige. You're right. If, yeah, it's it's Marvel pre-Feige, absolutely. Yeah, I really didn't have a problem with Iron Man too, though. It was okay. It's better than Thor Dark World. Oh. Yeah. True. Ow. Where's the rank with the Eternals, though? Because, you know, the Eternals. We can't have that one. Oh Still got to see this. Oh, my goodness. Oh, you don't. You know, I did the Eternals. <laughs> Captain Kennedy wrote it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Captain Kennedy plays all the parts. <laughs> Leica Studios has announced its next stop-motion animated film will be Wildwood. The feature is based on a novel written by Colin Malloy, the lead singer and songwriter of the Decemberists. In the story, quote, beyond Portland's city limits lies Wildwood. You're not supposed to go there. You're not even supposed to know it exists, but 
Prue McKeel is about to enter this enchanted wonderland. Her baby brother, Mac, has been taken by a murder of crows into the forest depths, and she, along with her hapless classmate Curtis, is going to get him back. Prue might think she's too old for fairy tales, but she just found herself at the center of one, one filled with strange talking animals, roguish bandits, and powerful figures with the darkest of intentions, unquote. Red light. Cinematographer Caleb <laughs> Dachanel uh, will shoot the film. Um, Caleb Dachanel, huh? Yeah, is he Zoe's brother? Uh, well, Zoe's? I do know that Zoe is married to Colin Malloy, so most likely uh, ah. related in some way. Uh, the creative team will also include producer Annie Sutner and screenwriter Chris Butler, both of which won the Golden Globe for their work on Missing Link. Uh, so what do you think about Wildwood from the Decemberists, Colin Malloy? I don't know. I'm kind of wondering why this wasn't in news you don't give a shit about. <laughs> That's how I'm feeling at this Are you point. Feeling it? It's, well, it's, it just feels very meh. It's stop motion. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah, it, yeah, it, yeah. it feels kind of uh, labyrinthy to me. Uh, maybe. With a I don't sprinkle, know. like once upon a time. Like, yeah. Depends on the size of the Goblin King's bulge. Oh, true. Yeah. Very true. That's the wild wood. Two, hmm. two spinning crystals in there. Yeah. <laughs> a wild wood just, and two spinning just holds crystals. Holds them in a fingers. <laughs> and pretty soon they got testicular torsion. Um, yeah, Yikes. stop motion. That interests me. So I just. Yeah, I like that. Let, let's do some fun stuff. Come on. Come it's on, Jeff. done well. Uh, Thank you, Jeff. You go, you Definitely go. necessary. All right. Asmodee recently announced a new studio called Access Plus, which will help create board <laughs> games that are accessible to even more players, particularly those with cognitive disabilities. The new studio is starting by adapting three of Asmodee's greatest hits to become uh, Spotted Access Plus, Cortex Access Plus, and Timeline Access Plus, which will be available in France, Belgium, and Canada later this year, and a worldwide release in 2023. To help make these titles more accessible to individuals with the cognitive abilities, uh, I guess you should put disabilities there, not cognitive <laughs> abilities. <laughs> they're, they're making them for the X-Men, is what they're making them for. <laughs> As Bodhi. Kirsten, you all right? I'm, 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 trying to rem I'm trying to picture a comic where you have characters who have cognitive disabilities. Oh, <laughs> Just like superheroes that do what? They're, ma they're made for Emma Frost. That's what they're Okay. Asmodee has brought in an external scientific committee of expert care professionals. The goal is uh, of the Access Plus team and its partners is to, quote, adapt and test the material, rules, and difficulty of its titles to stimulate cognitive functions, promote positive emotions, and social uh, relationships, and provide the joy in discovering and rediscovering the pleasures of playing together, unquote. Uh, some features of Access Plus games to make them more accessible include bigger and thicker cards that are easier to hold, adapted rules, various difficulty options, and a single-player version to pr promote autonomy. Each of the Access Plus games will also come with a booklet that breaks down the scientific benefits of playing the game itself. Hmm. Yeah. yeah, we were, uh, when I was working at Turo University as a standardized patient, they were just beginning to start talking about uh, virtual reality and computer interaction and using that kind of stuff to help like um, uh, stroke victims, things like that. So this sounds like the uh, this sounds like a step in that direction. It'll be interesting what uh, how it goes because the the science is there, but it's it's nowhere near where I think it could be. 
given our our level of knowledge and technology. So, Duke Nukem, the 1990s video game that helped popularize the first-person shooter genre, mm. is once Shake again going to get a dance. feature film. Want to dance? Feature film, finally. Right. We, this, Why did it take so long? This, oh, yeah. uh, I remember we brought this up like 10 years ago. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, They're listening, see? <laughs> right. Get, get around to it eventually. <laughs> Go through the back catalog of Geek Channel. That's a good idea. Oh, yeah. Uh, They're hitting the oldies. They're always available. <laughs> and speaking of uh, the long missing uh, episodes 1 through 19 of the original Geek Shock are available to all Kofi members. Uh, so they're on the Kofi Drive. If if you want to dive into the oldest of old ugly couch show, couch casts as they were called, God help you. Yeah, it, you know what the request was made. I'm like, I've got them. Sure. So yeah, Kofi members, 19 episodes of us figuring the fuck out of this show. Not I me. still cringe at those old episodes. <laughs> it was so terrible. Matt, like, now I learned you, them. me, yeah, you, you, you got here when the oatmeal was warm. <laughs> you, me, Barry, and Paul still trying to figure out what we were trying to do. Uh, it was, it was cringy. Were there only like half hour episodes too? Yes, yeah, they're real short. We tried to keep them short, but yeah, we just didn't. Know. What a, we a, didn't know a what podcast the, with Paul short. <laughs> we just didn't know what the fuck we were doing, well, and that was even before. It, this was even before Paul started kind of uh, Pauling. Before he started creating characters on the show, mm-hmm. it was just like most of them were just you know raw reactions to stuff. And uh, if I remember, Barry eventually brought in some of the news article stuff. Yeah, Barry's one that started bringing in news articles and the uh, impetus of what this all is now. Uh Barry, because we were just basically talking about anything and everything in those mm-hmm. early ones. Yeah, it's, oh, that sounds like a podcast. Uh, I've heard, I, I forget the. The, the yeah. Ugly Couch Show, our and old video show. they weren't funny show. at all. <laughs> I didn't think any of those old it, ones it were It has funny. a few moments, but well, it, yeah. it's not the machine. It is now. That's even right. Even it was like 20 episodes later. Um, but uh, we originally, if there's still, if you don't know, for our newer listeners, uh, this whole thing started off as a video show called The Ugly Couch Show. Uh, there are still episodes of that out there in YouTube if you want to check them out. Feel free. It, but that show was based on the idea that we wanted to bring things to the table, only things that we liked. We didn't talk about anything we didn't like, only things that we enjoyed. And, well, the podcast was so that we could open it up to discuss anything at all. And, uh, and well, here we are now. Yeah. Hate sells. What are you going to do? Yeah. Well, we had to. So that's why we brought in Kirsten. <laughs> that's right. Because yeah. I don't like anything, unlike Jeff. Yeah. Jeff loves it all. I like a lot of things. <laughs> I don't like it all. I just um, try to have some hope for the future. Oh, jeez. Oh, none. Well, if the future's done well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the, the best we got is Blade Runner. That's it. <laughs> I don't know. All right? <laughs> I just want to enjoy life, you know? There's enough shit around for everybody. Hey, I saw your pictures in your pool. You're doing all right. Whatever. Get ready. You're going to live in Mega City 1. Yeah. Oh, wait, is this 2? One is New York. Never mind. One, With two. what that pool cost, hell yeah, I'm going <laughs> to... I should say, what it cost to renovate, hell yeah, I'm going to enjoy it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Could have bought a new car for almost what I spent Sen- on re- just refurbishing the pool. If it was a brand new pool, good, mm. I never would have been able to afford that. Would have been a new car. 
Uh, side note, I actually was out back looking at the pool. I couldn't, I can't find my fat shorts, so I, I couldn't take a dip in the pool yet. The, but there's was, a wall. You don't need to wear anything. There yeah, you go. I sit on the edge and dangle your feet in. That's, and that's right. the, the first thing I ever did was just and, do and that. Look at that 85 degree water and explain things by going, uh, it's cold. <laughs> yeah. That pool is a dong dangler. You yeah. Know. Yeah. So, but I did see the Pigeon Hotel. Oh, the, yes. The Twin Palms Pigeon Hotel. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I want wow. those trees gone so bad. That is some awesome architecture there. Boy, those fatties. Those are some chubs. Yeah. Yeah. Man. They're fat pigeons. Yeah. Oh, I, I meant the palms, but yeah, oh. the pigeons too. <laughs> I want those trees gone so badly. And why does it have to be so expensive oh to have my trees God. removed? The dude, looking at those palms, because palms are fucking nasty ass bastards yeah. to remove. That, that, that palm out there. Both of them are like 60 years old. Oh, at least. Yeah, yeah. Those, those ones are, they've been here since Bugsy Siegel was like, build you, it over there. You better get them destroyed before there's a, before Andy's crew st- sticks a plaque on it and it, it becomes something you can't <laughs> you remove. He's back. Hey, clampers are here, Jeff. <laughs> so I know the house is like 48 years old and I know that the plot that it sits on, those trees were planted somewhere shortly after the house was built because when i bought the house well i should say the first time i ever came to the house it was a it belonged to a friend of mine and we used to have parties over here those trees were there and that's 20 years ago so the first time i ever came to this house was 20 years ago yeah well so but we should correct it a friend of yours yeah you were the friend jeff oh right sorry <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Darren, Darren owned the house before I did. So, <laughs> oh, it's, oh, wait, the Corks Bar is Darren. Yeah, yes, I'm Corks' most famous guy. bartender, yeah. Darren. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which is funny because when I posted pictures from uh, from Oga's Cantina in uh, in Galaxy's Edge, people, of course, sure popped right in. It's like, hey, is that uh, Corks' most famous bartender, Darren, and his friend? <laughs> I was just like, God damn it. <laughs> That's just beautiful. Uh, So Duke Nukem is happening. Um, Yeah. Yeah, we get back to that. Uh, Legendary Entertainment, the company behind Dune and the Godzilla monster movie series, has picked up the movie rights from Gearbox with Cobra Kai creators Josh Held, Josh Hurwitz, and Hayden Schlossberg on board to produce. Legendary will also produce, as well as Jean-Julien Baronet, who did Assassin's Creed, of Marla Studios, which specializes in video game adaptations. Uh, Notice there was no word good there. Uh, Launched with a self-titled debut in 1991 from Apogee Software, later called 3D Realms, Nukem is a billion-dollar video game franchise that began life as a platform game for personal computers. When the third game, Duke Nukem 3D, came out in 1996, it became not only a critical hit, one that helped usher in the ubiquity ubiquity of first-person games for years to come. I know, Chris. I shouldn't use words like that. These I, things. What? I'm, I, I, I see your face. Yeah, you don't talk about video stuff on the radio show. <laughs> Nukem centers on its titular hero. <laughs> yeah, I, I love that word. Love it. Yeah. Modeled on attributes of the 1980s action movies heroes who fights an alien invasion in Los Angeles. He travels from strip clubs and movie sets to moon bases and spaceships, dealing with mutated LAPD officers, uh, women used in alien incubators, and cycloid emperor. Yeah, it's a it very woke when he does his give me some sugar baby oh, moments. Yeah. 
Shake your baby. Shake your baby. Want to dance? <laughs> Want to dance? I played the hell out of that You game. sure did. Look at you. <laughs> Not to mention uh, that... Uh, Blow it out your ass. He, uh, <laughs> if he threatened to rip off your head and shit down yes, your neck, yep. it happened. <laughs> yeah. So... Yeah. It's a... Uh, on PC, I guess is the, <laughs> the the term from the nineties. Yeah, it was only on PC. It just wasn't. Oh, you're PC right. At that's, all. Fu- that's exactly. So I guess it's it was on PC, on but PC, not, not definitely un- not PC. Okay. Mm. On PC, not on PC. Yeah. On PC, on PC. That sounds like a really weird word. That if you said it like twenty times, life would mean nothing anymore. On PC, on PC, on P- Oh, I'm doing it backwards. What happens then? <gasps> Shit. <laughs> I think you divide by zero at that point. Oh boy. Evil Dead star Bruce Campbell is writing a six-issue limited series titled DC Horror Presents Sergeant Rock vs. the Army of the Dead. (laughs) That's quite the title. Yeah! The story is set in Berlin, 1944. The Nazis are flanked on all fronts by the combined Allied forces, and defeat seems inevitable. In a last-ditch effort to turn the tide of war, Hitler and his team of evil scientists create a serum that resurrects their dead soldiers, creating an army of the dead even stronger than they were in life, unquote. Uh, the art is by Eisner and Harvey Award-winning artist Edward, Eduardo Riso, who did 100 Bullets. Uh, Sergeant Rock first debuted in DC Comics in 1959 in Our Army at War, number 83. Sergeant Franklin John Rock and his Easy Company became a mainstay of DC's popular war comics uh, created by Robert uh, Kanninger. Should I say that? Kanninger? Sure. Okay. And artist Joe Kubert. Uh, Sergeant Rock was a soldier of utmost pre- preternatural ability and grit, battling Nazis across Europe and Northern Africa during World War II. You know somewhere <clears throat> Professor Biggs is just screaming right Why? now. Because he hopes so. He's like, how do you not know? <laughs> DC Horror Presents Sergeant Rock vs. the Army of the Dead will be released on September 27th. Uh, Sergeant Rock was DC's Nick Fury mm. if they didn't do anything with him afterwards. Yeah. So yeah. Nick Fury became something else when he became the agent's head right. of S.H.I.E.L.D. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you just left him in World War II, you'd have Sergeant Rock. Yeah. It's interesting. Um, and the Army of the Dead, that actually, you know, it'd be fun if they actually did a, uh, a movie. It, it, you know, they um, did a crossover movie like that, Sergeant Rock versus, you know, a Campbell-esque Army of the Dead. That would be fun. You know? I, I would see DC doing it before Marvel. Yeah. Well, you know, Warner Brothers. Oh, yeah, that's don't, right. Don't, don't get trigger that the professor. Yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah, Although, as... Learn my lesson. I know, saw Barry's bruises. Yeah. As, as uh, Barry has said, I don't need to know. I shouldn't have to know who's doing what. I don't even, to, to, and it's funny because he's talking about blaming DC for doing shitty movies. And then when Steve does the explanation, Barry's like, no, you're totally incorrect. I don't have to know who's doing what. <laughs> what? You don't have to know who's doing what to blame DC for doing lousy movies. It's like blaming blame Biden for a high gas prices. <laughs> a Streets of Rage movie is in development. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I like that game. Derek Kolstad will be writing the screenplay for production studio DJ2 Entertainment. Uh, Kolstad, mostly known for his work on the John Wick franchise. Uh, DJ2 has been attracting a lot of attention for having turned Sonic the Hedgehog 2 into a breakout success at the box office. Uh, The It Takes Two and Disco Elysium adaptations are currently being handled by the studio. Amazon says it will be working with DJ2 Entertainment to finance the project. 
but there is currently no word on whether or not the Streets of Rage movie is going to be released on its streaming service. Uh, the first game in the Streets of Rage franchise came out on the Sega Genesis in 1991. Sega went on to make two sequels in 92 and 94, uh, fa falling into the side-scrolling beat-em-up genre. Uh, Streets of Rage focuses on the efforts of various vigilantes to rid the world of organized crime through hitting the punch-and-kick button a lot. <laughs> latest, yeah. ent latest entry in the franchise, Streets of Wage 4, was released. Wage? Streets, Streets of, of Wage? Wage? Streets of Wage. It's about, wage. about the minimum wage? Uh, it's, it's, it's about the unionization of Starbucks. <laughs> uh... <laughs> It was uh, released to rave reviews in 2020. Uh, the game went to sell uh, over 2.5 million copies, that new one. Damn. So uh, Streets of Rage, I mean... I vaguely remember it. It's It was in that long line of side-scrolling beat-em-ups that were all the rage. Uh, Double Dragon. Rage? Early, early, yeah. I see what you did there. Early Bad. to mid-90s. Uh, even more, not even so uh, Double Dragon, more like, like the X-Men game and the Simpsons game and... Ninja Turtles Arcade. Ninja yeah. Turtles Arcade. Yeah. That that style of beat em yeah. up. Bad Dudes is the one I remember the most, and I don't really. I I, I kind of remember Streets of Rage, but yeah, well, it was a yeah. Sega property. If you didn't right. have a Genesis, you yeah. you knew it by name, but you yeah. maybe not have played it. Yeah, and I never had a Genesis, so hmm. I'm trying to think. Did I have? It was them going on to that bandwagon. Yeah, majority of my friends. See, I never had my own personal console until the super nintendo came out i bought that because i was i had a job and i was like putting some money away and i that was the first like video game console that i owned myself but the rest i had to rely on going to friends houses to play games and i remember like every one of them had like a nintendo or they had activision or whatever and I don't. I'm still trying. I'm still struggling weird, to weird remember. Friend, Sega? <laughs> I'm, I'm still trying to remember. If it, I I don't think any of my friends had the Sega, which is what I'm. I, it's I think is kind of baffling me because I I'm like oh somebody had to have had a Sega and I'm like running through my memories and I'm like I don't remember anybody having a Sega. In fact, I think Todd, you're the first person that I knew that had a Sega. And, and when I visited you in Indiana. We played a few games on the Sega. The Sega Master System, not yeah. even the Genesis. Yeah, the, ma the Master System, yeah. Yeah, that's a... Uh, Old school. Oh, yeah. We're talking the original Fantasy Star. Yep. Man, listen to these old people talking, Matt. I know, right? Wow. Yep. Bunch of goobers. <laughs> Nerds. Smallville stars Tom Welling and Michael Rosenbaum have announced that they are launching a new Smallville rewatch podcast called Talkville. Uh, here's the official description of the podcast. Join co-stars Tom Welling, Clark Kent, and Michael Rosenbaum, Lex Luthor, as they take you behind the scenes of one of the greatest shows of all time, Smallville. With this weekly dose okay. of nostalgia... <laughs> uh, I didn't write it. <laughs> Rose of Nostalgia, you will get an inside look of what it was like to film each episode and hear fun facts that only those on the set could tell you, unquote. The podcast will launch on July 13th. Other than the podcast, Welling and Rosenbaum have also been working on a Smallville animated series, which would pick up right after the events of the Smallville series finale. Mm. Didn't they hate each other? Like, a lot of the cast hated him on set, right? Uh, no. Tom Welling. No. Uh, or, like, he acted like a frat boy or something like no this. he was a first time actor he was still learning the craft he was on set all the time he was one of the few mm. that 
he was the first oh. one in and last one out on set. So I've I've watched a lot of um, interviews with the cast, and they said that he was nothing but professional, wow. even though he had not had um, any prior acting experience because he went from modeling into into Smallville. So Welling was was always there. Um, Jeez, some people man. had some friction with Rosenbaum because he's a bit of a perfectionist, and he's he's even come to terms with that now. Uh, in fact, uh, he has a, a podcast called Inside of You that is a really good podcast. Um, it's available on pretty much every podcasting platform, as well as it's on YouTube. Um, free to watch. Uh, his Inside of You podcast, he's interviewed a lot of his former co-stars. Um, Welling is a frequent uh, contributor on the podcast, like he's on there frequently, but a lot of Hollywood celebrities, as well as writers and directors and so forth. So it's a it's a really good podcast worth checking out. It's one of the few that I I try to keep up with. I'm not great at keeping up with podcasts because I just get, you know, distracted by other shiny things. You know, there's so much going on and so much content and only so so much time that I can devote between, you know, life and job and you know podcasts. et cetera, podcasts. And but, now you got that pool, so you're yeah, just yeah. fucking but uh doing but it. no, yeah, it's no, no, Welling was never hated on. Side. Yeah, you know, Matt, that's how rumors start. Jesus. It wasn't me starting it. Just... <laughs> <laughs> that's how rumors get continued. There you go. In fact, a lot, of, a lot of them had respect for the fact that he frequently was working 14, 16-hour days when the rest of them would, they'd, they'd get called, they'd go they'd shoot their scenes, et cetera, and then they'd be done. Mm-hmm. And he's still on set. Yeah. Well, like he's, you know, he Jeff, was. Well, he was the he was the character that was in almost every single scene. So he was there all day. Some of the other cast, and then had some other days when he was jobs. the only person there, okay. <laughs> like human trafficking. Oh, yeah. okay. So you know, they deep cut, have, deep uh, cut. Yeah. We we almost interviewed her too. Oh man! <laughs> oh wow! You guys could have gotten in on a sex call. We you missed out on well, dirty uh, bastards. So. The, the first and only Comic-Con that he went to during the Smallville run, he has since gone to several. Um, we were in the press room, and he was supposed to come and show up. And then he did do a couple of the, like, the major networks and stuff. And like, we were, of course, towards the, the end of the line. But, um, but yeah, we, uh, we missed out on, on Tom Welling. But we did get to interview a lot of the rest of the cast. Uh, and they were super, super cool. Very that was good. one of the one of the memorable experiences from when we were doing the video show and got to got to interview people during Comic Con. I found it a lot of fun. It has its pluses and minuses. Yeah, Torgo Torgo wasn't a fan. It was like it was work for him. <laughs> it like, was work for me too. But I I'm like I feel like I'm in the panels that I want to see without having to wait forever. But you know, I just want to be down in the main room. Yeah, your perspective may may vary. <laughs> Netflix is producing a film adaptation of the Dark Horse comic book series Department H. Paradise Hills director Alice Waddington is set to direct with the Maze Runner writer T.S. Nolan adapting the script. The comic book series was written and illustrated by Matt Kint, who 
Launched back in 2016, the story is set, quote, after a renowned scientist is mysteriously killed in a deep-sea research station and his estranged daughter is sent six miles below the surface to investigate. With the pressure building and the water rising, she must race against time to solve the murder as she uncovers the truth behind the station's purpose. Uh, Dark Horse Entertainment has a first-look deal with Netflix, and this is a high priority for the streaming service. Uh, we'll, we'll see if with all the cuts they're doing how high priority this is after a while right yeah but uh, yeah good deep deep sea comic picture I can get behind that yeah I, 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 I like even the little small weird deep sea like all the shark knockoff movies I still enjoy those too hmm. there's more than Jaws out there although <laughs> few, few can beat it hmm. I like submarine movies so you know there's that but Deep Blue Sea has a crazy fucking film. Deep Blue Sea was a lot of fun. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Smart Sharks. Deep Star Six. Deep Star Six. Of course, The Abyss. Yep. Fantastic yeah, the film. Abyss. Sphere. 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 God, 90s was, really had a run of Deep Sea movies. What was, mm-hmm. the, what was the Peter Weller one where they, they drank the, uh, the mutagen and it was, it was like the thing but underwater? Oh God, it's gonna drive me crazy. I don't know, I'm but totally I am blanking out. Fully curious. I like that title, "The Thing," but underwater. I, I'll yeah. watch. That's, that's, that's really title. what it was. Yeah. Well, I'm not. I'm not fighting you on here, Jeff. I'm. <laughs> Listen, that's what it was. God yeah. damn it. <laughs> I just. I honestly. Leviathan. That's the name. Leviathan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, you know, yeah I only yeah. remember Leviathan from. All I remember of it. I we, know I've we, seen we, you, it. You and I watched yeah. it at the Tropicana when we were out here on vacation one time. It was like wow. one of the his parents went to go see some show, so they were they said we were allowed to to use a, to do a pay per view movie on the on the Ooh. Spectrovision. I don't right. know if people remember Spectrovision. Uh, we watched Leviathan because yeah. that was one of the movies that was playing, and neither of us had seen it. At least that's what you told his parents. Yeah, yeah. we watched Leviathan. Well, that's why I remember it so well. <laughs> yeah, because that was that was 1989. Yeah, they, they um, had to drink that water in their mouth, huh? Just now, what we did discover it was that or Wild Chick Six. Two cups, one Leviathan. Uh, well, it, it, Todd, you'll probably Leviathan remember does this. Las Vegas with, with Spectrovision. We discovered that you had about a 10 second window from the time you pushed a button and then hit like the last channel button. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you could tap on one of the adult channels and then immediately hit the last channel button, and then it would show you about ten seconds of whatever that adult film All was right. playing in that moment, and you yeah. didn't get charged for it. Darn right. Ah. Oh, I figured that out hotels ago. Yeah. Well, he you showed me. Yeah, <laughs> he's like, check this wow. out. Look what we you can see. Do. Us kids, we grew up like, when you got all the snow and you're like, move it different way. Oh, I see a boob. Yeah, That's really. what you get. Yeah, you really. find out all these little loopholes to the, get the this the snowy skin of Max. I yes. had that too. Yeah, yes. we all did. Snowy Max. Now they just go on their phone and be like, eh, whatever. Yeah, board. really. Now they're 11 years old and just like, oh, I hate porn. <laughs> I never boring. could figure that out. Like when when I was a kid, you know, our our income was below like a certain uh amount so we got free cable ah. free cable tv all right I, I never could figure that one out it's like it's like okay so we're poor that so too, too poor to afford cable tv so you're gonna give us cable tv there you go i don't know it's multimedia cable vision in wichita and, kansas and, Damn and obama phones uh <laughs> now we didn't get any of the pay channels but but yes no. we had the snowy skinamax like you if you tuned Thanks, onto that obama. channel <laughs> well, the first one we got, we got this stupid little box and yeah. that literally sat on the top of your TV and yep. it had a dial. Yep. Well, it had a fine tuning knob. So if you put it on, I remember Skin, uh, Skinamax was channel 30. 
And if you turn that, that tuning knob just right, it would reduce the snow so you could actually sort of see Ooh. the picture. That's right. That was the best nudity. There you go. We worked worked for this. And folks, what did this state-sanctioned program yield but Jeff Gunter? Yeah. Yeah. You're welcome, podcast audience. (laughs) (laughs) Jeff Gunter summed up as a mixture of space camp and fuzzy cinematic. That'd be funny. That now I want that. I and want Star that. Trek: The Experience. <laughs> Somebody in space trying to get a signal, and you know it's all. Well, I mean, you're to blame too, Torgo. We've known each other for almost 35 years now. Oh my so. god! I accept my share. I oh accept my, my share of that blame. Yeah. And a twist Actually, of film school. Right it is. Top. It is yeah. 35. 1987. <laughs> Jesus, time flies. Oh like a lemon my twist, but god! Film yeah. Just, <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Just a just a squeeze of uh, film school in there. Yeah. yeah you're you probably go. right. And a heap of good parking. That's okay. <laughs> Want to feel old? Uh, everything uh, all at once. Uh, star Michelle Yeoh's husband is played by Short Round. Yep. Yes. They. That's, that's a really good role, movie. Yes. Yeah. yes, it really is a good movie. Still haven't seen it. I can hardly wait. Yeah. I want to get. Um, I want to get in there, man. Do discount Tuesday. Uh, it's it was still playing at the Orleans. Mm. Discount Tuesday. I think it's like eight bucks, eight or nine dollars. Discount Tuesday. I don't, I don't know, man. I don't know, bucks. man. Because the oh god. Yeah, you just have to make sure you <laughs> the get your country's dying. Get in there and get your ticket quickly because <laughs> oh. the, that that particular. Uh, that particular theater, they fill up fast. Oh, my God. Well, at least it's not like Andy's experience on the, uh, oh, the dollar night oh, on the, the dollar, dollar 50 theater. Dollar 50 cents. Where that 50 God. <laughs> makes a big I, difference in the clientele. I had, that same, I had that same experience myself. I didn't realize, because I even asked Andy about it, because I didn't know that the, it was a $2 cinema. She was like two fifty. Um, Damn inflation! Two fifty now. It's like yeah. two or two fifty for the regular price. Thanks, Biden. Uh, one of the days that I went there was the dollar ticket, and I didn't know it. <laughs> wow! Yeah, you want to avoid those up, nights? I, oh yes, no. T- trust me, you definitely want to avoid those nights. I just remember I walked up and they're like a uh, dollar, and I'm like, no, no. Yeah. Okay, so I just paid it and I went in. I got my popcorn and I sat in the theater, and then all of a sudden the theater starts filling up. And it's filling up with a lot of parents with a lot of kids. Mm. I'm talking like parents that have 10 to 15 children with them. Right. This is not an exaggeration. Yeah. How are you going to afford to take everyone out? Dollar night. There you go. And I I remember mentioning it to Andy because I remember Andy's horror story. But this is before I knew Andy's horror story about Mm -hmm. going on dollar night. And he goes... Yeah, you went on Dollar Night. I'm like, I when is Dollar Night? I didn't know. <laughs> That's it's it. A, it's they, a two dollar cinema. They, I, I went because they, they were rotate showing... it so you can't avoid yeah. it. <laughs> I just remember it was a movie I wanted to see. It was not available on DVD yet or yeah, Blu-ray. That's how they get you. And I'm like, oh, it's playing at the two dollar cinema. I'll just oh, go check it out. Oh, and how was the movie? The movie was fine. Um, <laughs> it was trying to deal with all the kids that were chatting doing the whole movie that was I'm difficult. Sorry, I want I want Andy to do a cartoon of Jeff sitting in a theater and he's just surrounded by kids and oh. like and there's a there's an old man in the seat aisle. behind yeah. him jacking off and kids hitting <laughs> him over the head with their diapers and just you know <laughs> yeah just just the whole I want them to Oh the visual. Yeah and that's yeah. and that's dollar night and just oh just title gosh. it dollar night. It wasn't as <laughs> I so I went and saw Jurassic World man. Dominion yeah. yesterday. <laughs> 
<laughs> and is it everything you hoped it would be? It's a, it's a good fun. Wait film. a minute. I did. I didn't. Did we it. not finish Week and Geek? What? Well, I, this is laying into the same kind of story. And yeah, no, I'm. I'm the uh, whole row. Where the hell me? was this story during what we did this week? Yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're still talking about kids in theaters. No, I'm not criticizing you for talking about it. I'm crit. I'm. I, where was this when you did geeky Ge- things? Listen, I, I, before, I didn't think to bring it up because I had so much other stuff, and I didn't want to. Cooler things to talk about. Okay, <laughs> don't you remember before we even started the show? He's bringing the funny. Oh, Andy is here. <laughs> this story proves it. Oh yeah, I did so this. Went to Galaxy. I'm sitting there, and through, and like through. just before the previews start, the whole row behind me fills up with kids, and I'm sitting there oh, going, "I'm like, fucking, this God. is not a kids movie. Deja vu. You're not." Okay, I mean, I will. During the the trailers, they were very noisy, very chatty. But yeah. then they then they quieted down when the actual movie started. But what was actually really funny is there's there's some scenes in the film where you know, as is going to happen in a dinosaur movie like this, dinosaurs eat animals and people and other things, mm. and one of the kids just downright started bawling. Good. And the parents trying to quiet him down. And I'm sitting there, I'm like, why would you bring a four-year-old or a five-year-old to see a movie like this? This is not a kid's film. I hope it plagues those parents yes. for the next and, 20 years. You know, and it was just, it's like, oh no, this dinosaur ate a cute animal. Wah. Yeah, now that's that's the one that's going to get a lot of kids. Not, right? not, a lot of, not a lot of screaming when they were eating like full-grown you know, right. humans. That but. can almost be cartoonish. Yeah. It's kind of funny. It's like a friend of mine who one time ref- was talking about the mummy. I think mm-hmm. mummy too. Um, but uh, he said that his kid was totally fine with all the skeletons and the mummies and things. But when he had that one scene where the guy just burst with cockroaches coming out of the mouth, that that sounds like a Hartnett kid, story. That uh, it's a it's a um, uh, big black story. Okay. Carl Reed. Oh, okay. His kid, because Hartnett has a very similar it. story to this. Yeah, it was just like that. That was horrifying. That the kid was just like, oh my god. Yeah. So I think I think like a dinosaur eating a human being. It's it's almost right. cartoonish, but you get to those little cute animals things, and what cartoon does that? And so the kids are just like, oh, my God. I mean, you know, I still remember the original Jurassic Park. And I yeah. was just, what the fuck does I never Spielberg could... have against dogs? Now he, goats, for that matter. Know, I still remember. Pippet and the, the fucking retriever in, in Jurassic Park. Jeez. I still remember going to see the original Jurassic Park in the theater. And I remember back when newspapers were readily available. And I remember reading several reviewers, like parents, if I can tell you anything about this movie, it's this. Do not take your children to see this movie. Hey, this Martha, is not- the paper here says we need to take the kids to this movie. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And I remember... Um, is that Siskel and Ebert? Yeah, they are. I must, yeah. Have, I must have seen Jurassic Park, the original one, in the theater five or six times at yeah, least. Yeah, me too. Driving And to I remember the first couple... Yeah. First couple, you know, it's, it's all like teenagers and, and people in their 20s like me. I remember subsequent viewings is when I started to see kids in there, and I'm like, you really might want to think about taking your kids to see another picture. I've seen this before, and it is not a movie that is going to go over well with young children. Mm. Oh, but they love dinosaurs. I'm like, yeah. hey, your funeral. Jurassic- Get ready. Sign up for the therapy bills right now. Jurassic Park is a horror movie. Yeah, it's it's through a horror film, absolutely, through mm. and through. Yeah. 
and uh, yeah, good. It's a it's a horror suspense film, yeah, with dinosaurs because yeah, the kind of dinosaur movies that you want to take kids to are not and the a, kind of things that you're gonna and a, and a highly inappropriate relationship between Laura Dern and Sam Neill. Yes, yeah, unprofessional. That's just 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 age difference is just that's a crime. Yeah. What's your crime? Write to us comments at geekshockpodcast.com. Are we done? Yes, we're done. Really? All that talking by Jeff just ate up time. Oh, oh it's my fault. <laughs> I miss well, a week and then I suddenly it's my fault catching again. Up. Listen, listen, Jeff wait, just wait, finds no, a way. You guys were blaming me for shit last week when That's I wasn't right. even here. You're, so, well, Jeff, so you're it's a my, lasting influence. It's my fault when I'm here and when I'm not here. There I see you go. how it is. You smelt it, dealt it. There you go. Andy's been gone too long. It's just, it's no fun anymore. I'm the default blaming. You're the default Andy. Oh, I see. <laughs> Thanks, when Andy. When you punch up Andy and the, 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 the vending machine is out of it, you get a Jeff. But <laughs> I, I do, I do want to hear from you. <laughs> Damn. You shake the machine and Jeff pops out. Son of a... Oh. <laughs> I do want to hear from you about what what traumatized you as a kid, or what traumatized your kids. Yeah. What, what movie scene? Yeah, what did was it your to great you? failure as a parent yeah, in movies? Absolutely. <laughs> Fess up. Death of Optimus Prime. Death of Spock. Uh. Comments at geekshock.com. Or geekshockpodcast.com. That's what I said. Or, or also throw it on the Kofi uh, Discord yeah. or the Facebook page. So uh, I, yeah. I really want to know what, what's where is your inner terror oh, based out of? I really want to know. Bambi, man. Right, Versus Bambi. Probably the first movie I even ever saw. That or Fantasia, but Bambi, man. The mom. Bambi that is that's that's uh, what the flying fuck. What the hell? That was back when Disney didn't pull any punches. Yeah, matricide. And want to thank our Tier 4 members, King Vault, Deb T, David Ferrara, and our Tier 5 members, Leon Mitt, Jeff Harris, Jake Godbold, Ozzy Matt, Mad Martron, and Glumly. And once again, King Vault, thank you for your one-off again this week. Yes, thank you. Very, very generous. Uh, Norway apparently says yes quite often. I guess so. Yeah. Oh, is that the next t-shirt? Norway says yes to Geek Shock. And until next week, I am Master Torgo. 80s Jeff. Commander K. Maple Leaf Matt. We'll talk to you next week in Geek. So apparently when Norway disagrees with us, they give us money? Man, that's that's, that's how, how that socialism works. works. Oh, yeah. Oh, Jeff. okay. You know, I got yeah. it. That's why it's so bad. Yeah. Oh, is it? <laughs> money and free cable, apparently. That's yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> money and free cable. Hey, there's a t-shirt. <laughs> money and free cable. Oh, my God. That's all I, I need. I was listening to last week's podcast while I was driving to and from work over the course of three days, I think it was, because I was like 20 minutes each time. And as I'm driving, there were like two or three great t-shirt ideas that you guys said, and I'm like, God damn it, I can't gotta write, pull over gotta to write, drive this write. down. i got to remember this when I get to work. And of I, course, by that point, I'd forgotten it. I, wrote I think down one of them was Jeff Brings the Funny. That's <laughs> <laughs> definitely not There real. you go. Yeah, well, Jeff, the default Andy. Or, uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. The uh, Jandy. We like to call I wrote Jandy. down the one. So it's like Andy's the Oreo, and I'm the Hydrox. Is that what you're trying to say? It's like when you can't get the Oreo, you got to settle for the Hydrox. The original. Oh, yeah. well, yeah. And wasn't Hydrox first? I yeah, was. I was one of the first. Yeah, so maybe of. you are the Hydrox of Geek Shock. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> 80s Jeff, the Hydrox of Geek Shock. Hydrox Jeff. <laughs> What's this 80s business?